Roots Radio, I'm Jan Hall. All the best in folk roots, Americana, singer-songwriters and blues, and artist interviews. On Folk Roots Radio, we're all about the music and the people that make it. Now, coming up on this episode, Stephen Fearing is heading out on the road this spring for a solo tour that takes in Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Ontario. It's always great to talk to Stephen. We had another wonderful interview. We chat about the tour and also his very well-received ninth solo album, 2017's Every Soul's a Sailor, which took home the Canadian Folk Music Award for Contemporary Singer of the Year. It's a great interview, definitely worth sticking around for. We also check out more of the new releases we've received, including music from Amber McLean, Dennis Ellsworth and Kinley Dowling, and Crystal Shawanda. And we're starting off with this song. This is Julie Ross with Time Will Tell. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Chan Hall. I will I find more time to spend 
fractured feeling to unfurl me would have no meaning. I'm a frightened bird, babe, banging on your ceiling. And I can't find the way to the clear blue sky. I can't be yours and you can't be mine. I am the silence and all these telephone wires. Might as well tear them down. I'm a ricochet That glancing bullet Like something you say When you know you shouldn't Say anything And then you do it Anyway No one's perfect This is Lizzie Hoyt, and you are listening to the fabulous Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. Welcome back to Folk Roots Radio. We started off the hour with Julie Ross from Chatham, Ontario, with the song Time Will Tell from her new album, Water Music. 
And we followed that with Amber McLean, who splits her time between Chatham and Kitchener, Ontario, with Fall Away from her new album, My Heart. And Amber McLean just joined us in the studio to record an edition of the video series, The Sun Parlor Coffeehouse Sessions. We should have that up on the website at sunparlorsessions.com and YouTube fairly shortly. Definitely stay tuned for that. And finally, Prince Edward Island's Dennis Ellsworth and Hey Rosetta's Kinley Dowling with the song I'm Obscured, a song they wrote together with Justin Rutledge, and that's from their duo album, Everyone Needs to Chill Out. Wise words. And there's a new solo album from Dennis Ellsworth on the way, entitled Things Change. We'll have more about that on a future episode. And in the background, it's Loveland, Colorado champion fiddler Vi Wickham, with Nashville-based swing fiddler Justin Branham on the jaunty ragtime swing of Zez Confrey's Stumbling. And that's from their new album, Armadillo on a Hot Tin Roof. Next up, Stephen Fearing joins us to chat about his spring tour. But before we get there, from his latest solo album, Every Soul's a Sailor, this is Stephen Fearing with Red Lights in the Rain. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm John Hall. Alchemy in motion on the highway Those headlights making diamonds out of rain And the feeling that you don't know where you're going When you know for sure exactly where you've been All we held on to the dream, the four-leaf clover Everybody's gonna set the world on fire And that little voice that whispers when it's over Oh, you can't escape yourself when it comes down to the wire Nothing says I'm hungry like a baby No one says I'm lonely like a train We've never said goodbye We never even tried Nothing says I'm gone Like red lights in the rain Once again 
Nothing says I'm hungry like a baby No one says I'm lonely like a train We never said goodbye We never even tried Nothing says I'm That's Stephen Fearing with Red Lights in the Rain from his great 2017 album, Every Soul's a Sailor. Stephen Fearing is hitting the road this spring in Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Ontario, hot on the heels of a great response to his ninth studio soul album, which took home the Canadian Folk Music Award for Contemporary Singer of the Year. His solo career is still going strong alongside his very busy other job, as one of the leaders of Blackie and the Rodeo Kings. We caught up with Stephen on the road in Saskatchewan to talk about the tour and his latest solo album. How are things going today, Stephen? Really good. It's a beautiful, clear, clear, cold, sunny day. I'm about to uh, make the long trek to Winnipeg. I've got a gig there tomorrow night. Yeah, I was checking out the dates for this tour, which you can find on Stephen's website at stephenfearing.com. And it seems like you are hopping from Saskatchewan into Manitoba and then back again. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I guess that's just the way that the the dates roll out convenient for everybody. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you can plan it so it goes A, B, C, D, and sometimes it's A, D, C, B. (laughs) So it's a while since we've talked. I mentioned at the start of the interview, uh, yet another very successful 
album, album number nine, Every Soul's a Sailor, came out last year. So the solo career continues to to go great. And obviously, you've been uh, hugely busy with Blackie over the, the last couple of years. I know they've uh, had a very successful time. You uh, released the Kings and Kings album. I think that was a year or so ago, right? Yeah. Um, Every Soul's a Sailor came out in January, and uh, the Kings and Kings came out in October of 2016, I think. Something like that. But uh, Kings and Kings came out first to sort of put them a little farther apart. And I know when we've talked before, I mean, one of the things that comes through very clearly is the fact that not only, obviously, you're very professional about the way you run your career, but you really do try and make sure uh, you give time to all of the projects that you're involved in. You know, that it's not, you know, this is what I do. It's, yeah, I do all of these things. I mean, that's just the nature of being a professional musician these days. It is. It is. You really. Uh, it's funny because when I started, um, you know, my the sort of prevailing wisdom was to focus on one thing, so that uh, you sort of gave it all your time, but also you didn't confuse people. But nowadays, it's pretty much the opposite. You know, if you pretty much any musician you'll talk to has their fingers in a number of different pies, as it were, and it's it's yeah, it's the name of the game, and it's nice because it keeps things fresh. You know, it keeps you on your toes and. Uh, keeps it interesting. But after all these years of touring, I was trying to uh, check up on um, when your first album came out. Was that 95 that you released your first album? Or am I, is it even earlier than that? <laughs> it's even earlier than that. Um, I put out, it's funny because somebody just gave me or showed me a copy of uh, the gig last night uh, in Saskatoon, Karen Hagman, who's been booking me for 30 years showed me a copy of the yellow tape which was my first solo outing um and so yeah it's it's been it's been a long time i know to tell you very careful not to say what that date was <laughs> i honestly can't remember. oh that's good that makes <laughs> that makes me feel better because you know i think i haven't done enough research to to be able to and uh, to ask that question properly but I think it just goes back goes back to the fact of how busy you are with your career and how committed you are, you know, after all of these years. And, you know, you just before we started the interview, you're talking about the benefits of hotel coffee when it's good to, to try and get you going yeah. after, after what I'm sure was another busy night on the road. Yeah, it's um, I mean, you it, it sort of I, I'm just at the start of this tour, but you fall into a rhythm. And uh, every time I you know, go back out. Like I've been home for oh, a little over a month and a half, uh, which is a fairly long period of time because you kind of get out of the rhythm of touring and uh, it takes a little while to get back into it. So a cup of coffee helps in the morning. So Every Soul's a Sailor has been out for just a little over a year. I mentioned that it's done very well for you. It picked up a Canadian Folk Music Award. Tell us a little bit about that album and how you feel it fits in with the rest of the solo albums you produced. Well, it's um, I'm really I'm really happy with it. I mean, it's the second totally independent album I've put out. So I left True North Records a number of years ago, and uh, since then I've put out uh, Between Hurricanes and this one. So in in some ways it's you know it's it's uh, my second record in a way because it's the second record that I've really had my hands on every aspect of of it you know designing the cover and 
hiring the publicists and all that stuff. It's a little different in that I, I wrote the album uh, with a trio in mind, having um, sort of not wound up permanently, but certainly uh, uh, an indefinite hiatus with, with Searing and White. Uh, the, the work that I did with Andy White, um, towards the end we were working as a trio with uh, Gary Craig or Kent McRae on drums, depending where we were in the country, and I just love the format of a trio uh, the sort of possibilities and the way it forced me as a guitar player to up my game. Uh, I thought it would be really great to take that experience and and put it into the, this new record. So I wrote the songs specifically with a trio in mind, trying to imagine as I was writing them a rhythm section how they would play it and how that would affect what I do as a guitar player, and and uh, wrote them with that in mind. Um, chord choices, guitar choices, you know. You write a, a song on an acoustic guitar, sometimes it translates to electric easily and sometimes it doesn't, but if you write it on the electric guitar, it forces you into different chord shapes and that kind of thing. So it, that's what really differentiates this album for me from a kind of writer's perspective, was just the, the thought process that went into uh, the start of it. You know, you moved yourself from Halifax out to BC a couple of years before this album came out. So yeah. does that make this the sort of first album that you've produced since you, you made that huge move? Yeah, very much. And, and I, can, I can hear it. You know, this is the West Coast is, is where I was born and where my career started. And there's a, a returning for me back to, to roots. Um, but it's certainly in, in songs like the title cut, Every Soul's a Sailor, uh, to me it's a very West Coast in that... Uh, you know, I, the, I use the imagery of oceans as a metaphor I have for many, many years, but the difference between the Pacific and the Atlantic is anybody who's lived on either coast understands they're, they're both very big oceans, but the Pacific has a different kind of energy to it. It's a little more, uh, I want to say pastoral, but that's the wrong image. It's, 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 um, it's not as harsh. And we started off with Red Lights in the Rain, which is, a, I thought, a, a good song to start when you're, you know, talking to someone about touring and yeah. uh, and the importance of being up and at it every day. Can you talk a little bit about that song? Sure. That one, um, one of the things that, it, well, just going back to the writing of the songs on this album, they were most of the songs, uh, with the exception of the things we did, and I think there was one other, but most of them were written in a period of, uh, of about a week um, up at a friend's uh, cabin in Wells, B.C., which is up in the mountains. And, um, you know, when you when you go into a writing session such as I did with with the, the recording dates already on, the, like, booked, and the producers already booked, and the musicians are, everybody's ready to go, but you don't have the songs written, there's a certain amount of pressure and so you go into a session with uh, like that with a, with a with a number of sort of uh, tricks up your sleeve, and one of them is is uh, keeping track of song titles. So that song "Red Lights in the Rain" came from just a little scrap um, that I had written down, which was you know, for some, from some road trip where I just written down "Red Lights in the Rain," and I thought, well, that's a great title for a song. So what would that song be about? So it really comes from a little sort of an image fragment that became a title, and then that suggested the song. I'd like to take a break with a, another song from the album. It's, it's an interesting song because 
it really, I think, caught the zeitgeist at the time that you wrote it, which was actually before we had a change of president down in the States. Uh, it's the, the song Blow a Hard Nation. And I was a little hesitant to think, well, if we're going to play this today, how much are we going to talk about what's going on? But I follow you on Twitter. One of the things I like is the fact that you, when I'm following people on Twitter, I like, you know, to see people bringing different voices that I may not have heard to me. I mean, it's one of the benefits of social media, obviously. Blowhard Nation, as those people who've heard it will know, is about Donald Trump. If you haven't heard it, you probably suspected it was about Donald Trump. But I think when you wrote this song, that wasn't the, I mean, he wasn't actually going to be president at that time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he was. When I wrote it, he was trying to become the nominee for the Republican Party. So it was sort of two steps away from the presidency. And I wrote the song uh, based on uh, the cover of a magazine that he was featured on. And I picked it up when I was driving into to that writing session I described earlier. I just picked it up. It was kind of like the last thing I grabbed on my way out of the grocery store. And I was fascinated by this picture because there's so much of what we now know of him is in that picture, this sort of swaggering, arrogant bravado of the man was apparent in this picture. And I don't even remember the article so much. It was kind of a, this is who he is, sort of an article. But it was the picture that kind of fascinated me. And when I wrote the song, I was writing it from a very, I was I was basically, I don't know, four or five days into the writing session and had a bunch of the songs written. And I started working on this one. And I remember kind of asking myself, why am I writing this song? Because this guy is going to be a footnote in history, nothing more. He's never going to become the nominee. He was sort of like a, a Robert Dole kind of figure. He was a real long shot. And then, you know, he actually went all the way to becoming the president. I realized, I mean, I don't name him in the song. There's a reference to a, a particular character. Um, but in hindsight, I think I was writing a song very much about... Um, kind of wave of right-wing populism that seems to be sweeping around the world um, with him as sort of the poster child for that. Well, one of the things that's interesting about the song, I mean, I wish it wasn't like this, but every time I listen to this song, uh, I suddenly think, oh my God, another bit of it's come true. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah. it is quite shocking. I mean, of all of the, the anti-Trump songs or the uh, what can I tell you there? Uh, the negative Trump songs. I actually, I don't know if I've ever heard a positive one. And please don't send <laughs> yeah, me any. <laughs> that would be too much of a shock. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ted Nugent's written one yet. But um, <laughs> in in all seriousness, um, it's just the the way that this song, probably more than any of the other anti-Trump songs that I've heard, really captures uh, the situation. Talk a little bit about when you play this song live and, and some of the reactions you've had to it. Well, it's um, it's a difficult song to play solo, but because it is, to me, it's a really important song to play. And one of the things I realized when, when I saw him get elected as president, I remember being, well, I was shocked. But I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm going to be playing this song for you know, every, every night I'm on stage for at least the next two years, maybe four years. I don't know. Um, it's, uh, the reaction is, I mean, you know, when I'm, when I'm playing gigs, most of the time I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the converted people that are coming to my shows 
are generally on the same page. But occasionally, um, last summer is a good in- example. I played the uh, Salmon Arm Blues and Roots Festival, and I didn't see this because I was on stage. But there was somebody, you know, in the crowd of however many thousand people that were there that was uh, very uh, upset with the song and stood up and was yelling expletives at me from the crowd and was escorted off by security. So, you know, I think it was Elvis Costello said, if you're not pissing somebody off, you're not doing it right. And the song was written really for me, um, as I said earlier, kind of as a playful song. I mean... It's blowhard nation. Um, Terry David Mulligan, who's a, a DJ out west, you know, he said blowhard. Surely that's not a strong enough word for him. But at the time, that's all he appeared to be. I never really thought he would go any farther. So maybe because I was writing it in a playful way, it's it's a more powerful song as opposed to some kind of heavy uh, protest song. Did you have any regrets about putting it on the album because of the fact that he did get elected? I mean, I'm just thinking about the fact that obviously it stands alone very nicely as a single. Um, but I just want to, you know, you mentioned, am I going to be playing this for two years? Am I going to be playing yeah. it for four years? God forbid you're not going to be playing it for eight years. Yeah. But I, 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 I do wonder whether you, you know, you thought, you know, maybe I wish I'd not put that on there. Because, you know, you do get those political songs that are very tied to an event or very tied to an individual that somehow, you know, five, 10 years down the road, they just seem a bit out of place. And, you know, yeah, yeah. They, they can sort of, um, you know, you know, talk about the, the era of that time, but sometimes they can just feel not quite right anymore. Do you ever have any feelings like that? No, I'm, I'm, you know, I take my cues. One of my, you know, uh, heroes is Bruce Coburn. And, you know, he has never, ever shied away from from being very specific. Um, a lot of his songs about South America and, you know, the, the, what was going on in Nicaragua and Sandinistas. And, you know, he's he's stuck his neck out. And I sort of take my, uh, my cues from that. You know, I figure... I try not to censor myself, Jan. I think I think that's the real sort of uh, the, the worst thing is that you can do as a songwriter. And there's sort of you separate yourself as a songwriter from the performer. So when you're writing the songs, you try not to think too much about um, performing the songs. It's more just allowing the songs to show up and getting out of the way of yourself and writing those songs, whatever they may be. And then later, you you know, you make your your decisions about putting them out. And as I say, you know, I really look to people like Coburn um, as as inspiration for that. So no, I never, I've never regretted it. But um, I've I've thought about you know, in in hindsight, whether I should have written it to be a little more uh, pointed or things like that. Yeah, it just the song is what it is. Let's play that just now. This is Stephen Fearing with the song Blowhard Nation from his latest album, Every Soul's a Sailor. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. I don't want to live in a blowhard nation with a king in a tinselly crown When the whole thing wobbles and the wheels come off you know what's gonna go down mm-hmm. So she 
about the power and the glory and the big shots of living uptown. It's the old rat race, so get ready for the chase, cause the fat cats are gaining ground. I got up this morning and I grabbed me a paper to read up on the low, low down. Front page teacher was a weird looking creature with a rug and a jowly frown. Some of my sinister neighbors are rattling the sabers and the circus is coming to town. It's like a bad tattoo and there's nothing you can do. I could sure use a stiff drink down. It's the saddest thing I ever heard And the whole debate has a sickening weight Like a steer when a hammer comes down When you see the cross, well you better get lost They're gonna burn something down I don't wanna live in a blowhard nation With the king in a tinsel crown When the whole thing wobbles and the wheels come off You know what's gonna go down It's the same sad story about the power and the glory And the big shots living uptown It's the old rat race, so get ready for the chase Cause the fat cats are gaining ground
That's Stephen Fearing with Blowhard Nation from his great 2017 album, Every Soul's a Sailor. Stephen's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio, currently on tour in Saskatchewan. He's heading into Manitoba and then back to Saskatchewan for one or two dates before he comes to Ontario. And I thought now's the time we should talk about the tour, how it's going, and then tell people a little bit about what they can expect when you get to Ontario. Well, as as we said earlier, this album is a year old. I've been playing it and touring extensively, um, both solo and in a trio format. So the songs are pretty well greased, and I'm starting to think about, certainly I'm not playing any dates on this tour, venues that I've played before, but I am playing in the areas I've played before. So I'll probably bring in some other material um, to go alongside the, the newer stuff and, and uh, might dip back into um, some much older material. You know, there's songs that I haven't played in, in years and years. Um, so, you know, you sort of take it um, concert by concert, but uh, I, I try to keep keep it fresh for myself. And if somebody has come to see me before, um, you know, in, in like six, eight months ago when I was through Ontario, try to, to bring around a different set. Also, because I'm playing them solo and not as a trio, uh, that kind of changes the songs just just by the fact that it's just me and a, an acoustic guitar and no rhythm section. So, you know, it's it's a different show every night. So the the set list will vary based on how you feel. I mean, is that one of the things you do to, to, to keep you fresh then, is to, to, yeah. to change things up a little bit? To a degree, yeah. I mean, you fall into, you fall into a rhythm of a tour um it's it's kind of an interesting thing i've i've toured with people like uh kelly joe phelps is a great example i opened shows for him years ago and and every night the set was entirely different and he would do things like play songs um that he'd played the night before in in an entirely different key with a totally different arrangement i don't do that i like to uh sort of hone the song and find the best kind of version of it for this the tour that I'm doing and and that's kind of how I I work so there there's variety in the sets in that sometimes people will say can you play this song or you know they they sort of they they guide the show as well as as me so you know they it, it's kind of hard to put into words but this the set changes <laughs> I'd like to play the the title track from the album. Uh, I think it's very fitting. Uh, just, you know, we mentioned, we talked about some of the challenges of the, the time we're living in. Tell us a little bit about this song and why you chose it to be the title track of the last album. Well, in some ways, it, it, it actually chose itself because, you know, the song came very much, very, very much. It's 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 a product of being up in the, in the woods, on my own for you know seven days of writing and the kind of stillness that that gradually comes over you when you're when you're doing that kind of thing it's like a meditation and uh it came out of the guitar just sitting there playing and this little melodic motif came out of the playing and i started putting words to it just in some ways, almost phonetically finding the, the phrase that would fit that musical phrase phonetically. And, um, and then when I got the Every Soul is a Sailor, um, I started.
started, well, what does that mean? You know, you sort of extrapolate from there. And that's the process of writing for me. But as a title, so much of this album, like a lot of albums and songs that I write, um, is really about the idea that, that the, the journey is what's important. You know, what what's at the end of it is actually the least important part, even though we tend to focus on, you know, the, the end, the the uh, writing the song, that the, the song itself is the most important thing, painting the picture, the picture's the most important thing. And in fact, it's not. It's the process of creating those things that is the most important part because that's what you end up doing over and over. And the end product, once it's done, be it whatever it is, you know, you spend your whole life working and then you make money and you retire. You know, it's it's the, the day-to-day that's the important thing and it's, it's the journey. And that is, is, is reflected in so many of the songs on the album that it seemed like um, a kind of a perfect song to kind of encapsulate the whole record. And that's a perfect way to finish this interview. As always, Stephen Fearing, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. This is Stephen Fearing with the title track from his 2017 album, Every Soul's a Sailor. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. And thanks again for a great interview. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I drove into the mountains 
I left the world behind I sing around the mission With a half a case of wine And I stared up at the night sky Pure infinity Every soul's a sailor This is Sue Foley, and you're listening to Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall. Yeah. Strong whiskey and gin 
Niall Teague and his band The Fast Company from Galway in Ireland with Poor Boy from their new album Big Red Bridge. And if you want to check out our full interview with Stephen Fearing, we had such a great conversation we actually had to shorten it to fit in this episode. You can find it on our website at fuckritsradio.com. And that's all we can squeeze into this hour. We'll leave you with Crystal Shawanda from her new blues and R&B album Voodoo Woman. This is her version of Misty Blue. Remember, you can check out the playlist for this episode on the website at folkrootsradio.com. You can also listen to previous episodes of the show via your chosen platform. And thanks again to all of our radio partners who help us bring Folk Roots Radio to you each week. You can find me on Facebook at Folk Roots Radio with Jan Hall and on Twitter at Folk Roots Radio. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio and I'm Jan Hall. We'll see you next time.
Looks like I 